Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 811. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing preview for the weekend coming up. Before we get stuck in, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Every audio feed under the sun is there. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch your podcast, you can do that. And we are trying to grow the community there. If you've already gone over, thank you so much. Appreciate it. If you haven't done it as of yet, come on, man. Hit the button, subscribe to the channel, and you'll never miss out on any of our fight sports content. We do boxing, we do MMA. Now, just a quick one on the MMA stuff. There is no UFC this weekend. So there is not an MMA preview podcast. But what we will do, we will make available on audio our sit-down with Tom and Andy Aspinall. It is available right now on our YouTube channel, so you can go and watch it, which I would recommend you to do. But if you want to listen to it whilst you're driving around or maybe pottering around the house or whatever, you, then we will make it available as an audio feed as well in the next 48 hours. But if you can't wait, which I thoroughly advise you not to wait, go to our YouTube channel and have a little bit of a nosy of our sit down with the UFC heavyweight champion, Tom Aspinall and his dad, Andy, who, by the way, is comedy gold. My missus watched the whole thing yesterday. She never watches any of our stuff, but she's kind of uh, into Big Tom uh, with him being a northern uh, northern lad. And she said his dad should absolutely have his own television program. He is <laughs> one-liner king. Just pinging him out for fun. Uh, so go and have a little bit of a nosy uh, at, uh, at the sit-down that we did in his local boozer. Uh, boxing, 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 baby. Boxing, boxing, boxing. Um, another good weekend, actually, coming up. Ireland looks quite decent. Um, and obviously, there's well, a fight. Ireland's good, yeah. Ireland's great. That's the, do you know what? After after last week's ultra-positive boxing show, Monday's, sorry, ultra-positive boxing show, I, I, I really, I come away and I really enjoyed it. And I was like, you know what? I enjoy speaking positively about boxing. Please, more cards like that so I can speak more positively about boxing. And in some way, shape, or form, we've kind of got it in Dublin this weekend. There's three fights here that I'm interested in. You know what? Four. There's four fights here which are entertaining. Yes, two of them are probably weighted one way, but that's the way it is, unfortunately. And you could have said that about the boxing in Manchester on Saturday. One or two of those seven championship fights was weighed one way. But in fact, we got the opposite outcome. So I'm staying positive. I'm looking forward to Dublin, the three arena this weekend. It's going to be absolutely bouncing because the pressure is on can the first lady of boxing reverse one of the biggest well 
A lot of outlets describe her as Have you just given her a new nickname? Did you just give her a new nickname there? The first lady is Cecilia Breakhouse. Well, yeah, but was. Katie's taken over, (laughs) hasn't she? She's the queen of Ireland. She's the queen of the sport. She's the one that changed the game, truly, Katie Taylor, to be totally honest with you. So, so yeah, I want to know. I am fascinated. I cannot wait to see if the great Katie Taylor, and that word gets overused, especially in this sport, but not in this case. Can the great Katie Taylor up overturn her first career defeat? And it was a defeat. It shouldn't have been a split decision or a majority no. decision, whatever it was. Majority. Chantel Cameron was bigger, better, faster, stronger, all round the better fighter back mm. in when was it May? Yeah. Can Katie turn it round? A lot, you know what? A lot of times I'd be sitting here, we're going, man. A game versus A game, I'm sorry, that doesn't change. The difference is, Katie Taylor not only has the potential to bring an A game this time, she's also got the potential to bring some of that Katie Taylor magic, which she's had her entire career. She's used to doing amazing, incredible, unpredictable things. So that's why I'm all in on Saturday night. All in. Look at you. Uh, listen, before we get to Saturday night, can I just quickly touch upon Friday because this is probably going to go under the quickly. radar. Yes, quickly. Yes, there is a Please. there is a card on Friday night. Now, okay, when I say a card, it's it's there's fights on at the at the Oracle. I just wanted to highlight one of the particular fighters, and it's it's the new main event because the original main event, if I'm not mistaken, it was Liam Williams winning it and Hamza Shiraz. That's what was supposed to be on here. Yes, that's why Williams is just in a in a in a guy on the undercard. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a good main event. It would have been a great right. main event, absolutely great main event. Loads, and and loads of people would have been uh, absolutely dialed in on that. Big fan of Liam Williams. Big fan of Hamza Shiraz. I was lucky enough to see Hamza Shiraz perform in Poland on the Dubois Usyk undercard, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant that night. Uh, so I'm gutted that that fight isn't materialising because I thought it was a good piece of matchmaking. Um, but but obviously Hamza ended up getting injured and had to pull out. It's nice to see that Liam's camp's not going to waste. I'm sure he's going to get weighed in and paired and what have you, and I'm sure he'll come through this against Florent Koidos. Uh, but hopefully they can remake the fight with Hamza Shiraz because I thought that was good. Now, all that being said and done, I just wanted to highlight Mark Chamberlain um, because he's a fighter that's kind of ticking underneath that radar a little bit. He's got a really good following from Portsmouth. And every time I watch him fight, I go, fucking hell, he's all right, Tim. He's, he's good, you know. It's little, well, I say little. Southpaw can crack a bit. You know, he's knocking people out in this division, is the fella. Uh, and he's got a fight at the weekend against Art Jobs Ramlavs. Now, of course, the majority of us haven't heard of Art Jobs Ramlavs, but you might have done because he fought Ar- Archie Sharp. Archie Sharp pieced them up in the weight division below during this, lockdown. Right. And this is the this is the point that I'm going to make. Yes, okay. Uh, you look at that event and you think to yourself, well, all the eyes are going to be on Dublin this weekend. And that's rightfully so. Absolutely, they're going to be on Dublin this weekend. But Mark Chamberlain's got an opportunity to maybe make a slight statement because Ramlavs hasn't been stopped before. Uh, he's been in with Archie Sharp. You've got a barometer. They went the distance. Archie Sharp, as Nick just said, did piece him up and beat him quite comfortably. But if Chamberlain can use that power that he's got and make a bit of a statement and stop the guy, hopefully in the first half, of, uh, of the contest at the weekend, uh, he can then march on to something special. I think it's time now for Mark Chamberlain to actually get a good one. You know what I mean? Get something of no, get some, get, get get a name. And fingers crossed, he can come through at the weekend because I like him. I think he's a, I think he's a talented lad, and he's uh, he's been making that that small hole under the radar type noise. I think he's ready to uh, to to step up. Anyway, I just wanted to highlight that on Friday uh, because that is happening, uh, and now you can speed ahead to Saturday if you want, mate. 
Well, shall we start in the US? Should we start in, in Las uh, Vegas? You, are, you only want to start in the US because you just want to get your rant out of the way, don't you? Uh, no, not necessarily. But, well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you I want to build towards a crescendo that is... I actually think the Cameron fights on this Taylor card, too. the fights on this card, mate, are solid. Do you not? Yeah, I do. I do, but I do believe, especially the main event. I think Charlo versus uh, Jose Benavidez. Charlo's been inactive for so long, so at least we're going to see some activity. Yeah, but Benavidez um, is really a 140, 147 fighter, really. Well, right. I've got no issue with this because how long has Charlo been out for? Three, four months. years? This is 30 months. This is, yeah, 29, 30 months it's been since he fought last year. And he hasn't got, he hasn't, has he still got any belts? Yeah, but there's no belt on the line for this because it's a catch weight at 163. Right. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. A minute. <laughs> How has he still got the belts? Because when he's... his own brother, who fought fucking a couple of weeks ago, in the way has lost two of his belts, has been stripped of a bunch of his belts. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting involved. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not getting involved. <laughs> fucking hell! I'm not getting involved. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in that. No, sorry, I am not being drawn on that conversation. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Yes. Well, listen, WBC is face fits, obviously, but because his brother's just been stripped of the IBF as, as well. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's only anyway. the WBC in this case. No, no, he's only got the WBC. Yeah, but still, you know, thirty months. Hey. Yeah. Uh, yes, I've got. Listen, I'm interested in seeing where his head's at because all we've heard from the whole camp in and around him is that he's, you know. He's, he's mentally not in a good place. His own brother was basically like, you can't come anywhere near me because, mm. you know, he, he brings too much chaos at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see where Mate, he's, Charles he's had, was actually at. The lad's had it bad. I, I saw an interview this week. He, he's kind of opened up, like, drugs, uh, alcohol, being in a really bad place mentally. He's had it. Listen, he's been in a really bad place. This doesn't... I don't want this to be an excuse for the WBC allowing this situation to continue. They could have quite comfortably put him in recess and allowed that division to move on Correct. for the good of boxing. But Not as sure. well as that, I really hope that uh, Jamal has had the love and support that he needs outside the ring. I think this is, listen, this is dangerous. He's been speaking about anxiety. He's been speaking about nerves coming into this this, this weekend. The boxing ring is a very dangerous place to be if you're, if you're not mentally right. And I just hope that he's not rushed it. I hope that he's not just decided, right, I need to box in order to straighten myself out. Because again, that's another dangerous risk, isn't it? And yeah. even though Jose Benavidez is a 140-147 fighter and he hasn't really beaten anybody of major note, and we are doing this at a catch at 163. So on paper, you'd look at it and go size, power, speed, all those types of things are with Jamal Charlo. But that was the Jamal Charlo of 30 months ago. We don't know what yeah. this version of Jamal Charlo is, do we? Um, so it's irrelevant who stood across from him. Boxing's boxing, and it's not a game to be played. It's a very dangerous place, and I just thought that Jamal Charlo is mentally in a, 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 the, the correct place to be in a contest this weekend. I think it might take. If you're Jose Benavidez, you jump on him, mate, because his yeah. his job's to win the fight, isn't it? You, you go right. I don't know where he's at. Is he going to be startled by the lights? Is it? Is it? A, you know, it, all this anxiety. I'm not going to take advantage of it. Six minutes, nine minutes. I'm just going to throw the kitchen sink at him and see if I can do something to him. And then hopefully yeah. by that point. From a Jamal Charlo point of view, he's settled into it. He's calmed down. He's gone. This is what I do. This yeah, is yeah. where I'm. This is where I'm supposed well, to be. He may, he may well be more comfortable inside that ring than outside of it. You yeah, know, maybe. Like a lot of fighters. Yeah, we, we so talk that about Tiafimo, don't we? Tiafimo's yeah, got exactly. a very. He had maybe not so much now, but he had a very chaotic existence outside of the ring with everything that was going on in his personal life. But then when he got in the ring, 
mate, did he put it together against Josh Taylor, exactly. for example? So it might Correct. be one of those. Yeah, so that's a good fight. I'm interested in that fight. Sergei Lipinitz versus Michael Rivera. That's an interesting fight as well. Uh, Rivera's coming off a loss, of course, but you know, it's there's, there's no shame in, in that loss whatsoever. Lipinitz is no joke. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting fight. I think he lost to Frank Martin, didn't he? Which is a bit of a crossroads fight for both of them. Um, What's the best fight Hector on that card? Lu- do you think Hector Lewis Garcia versus Lamont Roach is a really interesting fight as well? Garcia coming back down to a super featherweight to defend his world title, which he'd never lost. He stepped up to lightweight to dare to be great, got beat by Javonta Davis. Now he's coming back down to defend his belt against Roach. Roach's second time at a world title, the first time he got beat by um, what's his name, the Marine? Uh, Herring. Who we, Jamal. He got beat by Jamel Herring. Since then, he's won what, four or five? He's knocked a couple of people out. So, that's a really interesting fight as well. How will Garcia react to putting the weight on, coming back down to lose them for the first time? Roach, this is your second title, second time at a world title. You may not get a third. Where's his heads at? So I'm fucking all in on that fight as well. So and that isn't that haven't that hasn't even got us to the co-main and the main event. Co-main's Do you the think one the co-main's me. better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super, the super light fight's better for me anyway, just because these two dudes possess unreal power for small guys. Frightening. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Subiel Matthias, um, 19 wins, 19 knockouts. Yes, he's been beaten. I get that. But 19 wins and 19 knockouts. The dude for a small fella has got, uh, I say small fella, super light. It is what it is. He can crack, uh, as can Shorjan uh, Ergashev, who I think he's got 23, 23, hasn't he, knockout-wise. Yeah. So, mate, yeah. this is just, I think it's a shootout. I really do think it's a shootout. And that, and those are the type of fights that really make my balls tingle. You know, if you're going to tune into something, don't get me wrong, it might go 12 and they might knock seven bells out of each other, but I don't think they'll go wandering because both of these two do style is very much, they go toes in and let's have a crack and see if we can land the bomb. And I think that yeah. that's what they're going to try and do. I think they're going to try and, you know, there's going to be a lot of that. I'm the man. Watch my power. My power is more, more than your power. So yeah. I, think it, I think that is set up to be an absolutely fantastic fight. I think when Matthias uh, did suffer that points defeat as well, he was dropped in that fight. Mm. So he can be hit, he can be clipped, he can be dropped, but he gets up and wins, you know, as he proved against uh, Nicolas de Ponce when he won the world title last time out, retired him, smashed him to bits. So, yeah, man, this is super intriguing for that reason, that both these guys are massive punches. And, you know, how will Matthias figure against the, uh, the Southpaw? He's also 31 years of age right now. Like Matthias, he's got a he's got an MMA career as well, kind of on the back burner. It's an interesting fight, man. Really interesting fight. Right, go on, get it off your chair. I can see, right? Whenever I see Dimitri Sondrov's name on a card, I can see your face light up because you could just go off on one. So David Benavidez, big fan, especially last time out against Caleb Plant. He was absolutely awesome. top, top, top class. Dimitri yes. Sondrov, um, he did step up. He has had one at 168. That happened in January, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was on that uh, Tank Davis undercard. Yeah. And now he finds himself here against maybe, maybe the best in the division. We don't know yet because we would love to see Benavidez in with Canelo, wouldn't we? But yeah. we've got David Benavidez against Demetrius Andrade. I'll go as far as to say, and this is obvious because it is a step up in <clears> weight <throat> as well. This is the biggest fight of Demetrius Andrade's career so far. By a country fucking mile. <laughs> Here he is. Go By on, a country 
mile. You know why? Because his previous biggest opponents were Brian Rose and fucking Liam Williams. And that's a fact. Like Demetrius Andrade, it, it, it drives me nuts, especially when we go to the US, how high the American boxing media is on Demetrius Andrade. I've never, ever understand it. I've never seen it with the eye test where he's consistently iced people, gone through people, looked incredible. Yes, there's flashes of moments in fights. The kid can box, don't get me wrong. I don't I don't even know whether he's world class, genuinely. And people are going to go, wait a minute, you fucking lunatic. He's a two-weight world champion. Mm. Yes, he is on paper. But who's he ever actually beaten in a world title fight? I'll tell you who he's beaten. He's had nine world title fights, Demetrius Andrade. Nine. That, for me, should say, wow, this guy is world class. Mm. However, he's had three versions of a world title. He had the, 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 his first one was the WBO, like middleweight or super welterweight world title. Mm. Right. He wins that. That's a vacant title fight when he wins it against Matrosian. Matrosian's never won a world title. He lost, a, he lost it. Uh, his first shot against Benavidez. Benavidez becomes world champion. He then defends against Brian Rose. Brian Rose never been a world champion. Beats Brian Rose at the Barclays Center. Okay? Then he goes away, gives up, loses the title, comes back and fights for the WBA regular world title, which is it a world title? I don't no. know. I, no, it's not. It's not a real one. It's a vacant title anyway. He beats German Jack Kolkai for the vacant WBA regular World title. Doesn't make any defences of that. Then he goes and fights, moves up a weight division and fights for the WBO middleweight title. And this is where most people recognise Demetrius Andrade's world title credentials from his run as WBO middleweight champion of the world. He won the title against Walter Kay in Boston. I'm not even going to tackle that kid's surname. That was a vacant world title fight against the guy that had never fought for a world title before. And then he proceeded to have five world title defenses of that WBO belt, including the likes of Luke Keeler, Liam Williams, Jason Quigley, all these guys. None of them had ever won a world title before either. So it was nine world title fights. The three belts he won were all vacant belts. And all the defenses were against guys that have never been a world champion. Right. I agree with everything you've said. Just to, we've got to, you know, we, got, we have a little bit of fairness on the old fight disciples, don't we? So course, just in his, absolutely. in his, in his defence, um, if I'm not mistaken, one of those vacant titles was that uh, that craziness with Billy Joe Saunders. So when Billy Joe Saunders got done Correct. for the uh, nasal spray, he was slated to fight Billy Joe Saunders, which would have been still the Billy. biggest name on his record by yeah, a mile. Absolutely, if you could beat Billy Joe Saunders then in my opinion, you deserved all the credit that you get. But obviously, Billy, what happened with Billy, that's how it became vacant, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's that Walter fight that you've just been mentioning there where yeah. he ends up uh, winning. WBO, yeah. Uh, the WBO vacant, uh, vacant middleweight title, yeah. So he, he has been slated to fight certain people, i.e. Bill Joe Saunders, but it just didn't materialise and it was no fault of his own. And? I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> because he was scheduled to face someone. That's so, 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 you, so your point that, of not having why. the resume. What, what, what is that? Is that that he's avoided fights? Is that he's not wants no, to do the, fights? The point What's... is, the point is, I think he's a, a, a very highly thought of, well, established world champion, a two weight world champion. Mm. But as for me, Un- his credentials never undefeated, have yeah. 
undefeated world champion, 32 fights, 32 yeah. wins. Mm-hmm. Like, Demetrius Andrade is probably on some pleb ends fucking pound for pound list. But when you actually look at who he's beaten in those fights, the resume that he's built, with all due respect, he's not beaten anybody of world class. And he's mm-hmm. had nine world title fights. And he's never beaten anybody I would personally consider to be world class. This weekend, he takes on somebody world class. He takes on someone that has got big wins over former established world champions. Yeah. And this is a, for me, this is a massive step up for, for Boo Boo and Jade. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a good chance I'll be a Monday morning going, well, what the fuck do I know? All the time, Boo Boo was world class. I'm going to apologize now. I'll eat some humble pie. But what is he, 33, 34 years of age? To be 32 and 0 in your career, to have all those belts on your mantelpiece and never actually haven't faced anybody at this stage, and now you get in with someone like David Benavidez, I think I think Andre's going to get a fucking bit of a hiding here. And for me, it should and could tarnish his, his entire legacy. Because remember that scene in Rocky where Mick kind of goes to him, son, you, <laughs> we're not we're not taking on, you know, fucking B.A. Baracus. They missed the T fight. That ain't happening. There's no way we're fighting Clubber Lang. That fight it. And he goes, well, wait, he's the next in line. He goes, no, no, no. Well, you know, we, we got you the right fights at the right time, didn't we? That's Demetrius Andre's entire career. The right fight at the right time. He's been so well managed. He's a two-weight world champion and never actually beat anybody world-class. That, my friend, is a fact. I'm all in on this fight. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we want, though, isn't it? We want to see those names, what people are are hyping to be, something what they are. And as you've just said, the credentials and the resume. Okay, you've, you've absolutely blown a hole in it. But on paper, this fight makes an awful lot of sense. Even though yes, we wanted David Benavidez versus Canelo Alvarez, that's but this the one... is the final stepping stone. I think. Yeah, you think so? You would absolutely if, think if, so. And again, he might not do it, but if he smashes Andrade, if he beats Andrade, if he convincingly beats up Andrade, there's nowhere else for Canelo to go. He's got to fight this guy. I think. That I genuinely think, looking at this fight, I think it's a tale of two halves. This fight, I think Andrade might win a few early rounds here, but. One, what he can't do is what he's done in the past, go for a walk, switch off, try to coast, because Benavidez has proven that he is absolutely legit. I think early doors, Demetrius Andrade does come out, doesn't he? And he looks at a million dollars. He looks flashy in those early rounds. We've seen it so many times. He normally puts people down early doors and then goes for a walk. He doesn't actually go and finish the fight, does he? Don't get me wrong. He has done that. But on the majority of occasions, he goes for this crazy little walk and then ends up boring us for 10 to 12 rounds. So... I think Andrade comes out. I think he looks really good early doors and we get start to get excited about the possibility of this fight. But what David Benavidez proved to me last time out is that he's more than just power. He's a he's so he's technically very, very good. He's got brilliant feet. To be able to dance and do what he did against Caleb Plant, who has also got brilliant feet, very fast hands, and he's yeah. more of a mover than uh, than a knockout artist, even though he's delivered some big knockouts himself, Caleb Plant. I thought David Benavidez really stepped up for me last time out and really established himself as, as you just said, that world-class level. Um, I'm favoring Benavidez. I'm either favoring him late or on points, 
But I think I think this will be really competitive, especially through eight rounds, mate. I think this is going to be really super competitive stuff. Yeah, I, I disagree. But I do think it will probably go the distance because I think Arn Jade's got enough it. about him in those 32 fights to stay out of danger. But uh, listen, for me, this is this is it. This is it for Demetrius Arn Jade. His entire career for me is on this is on this night, is on Saturday night, his entire career. Because, again, I've just explained why. He's never done anything for me to make me go, wow, he's one of the top guys. And yet, a lot of journalists, a lot of boxing yeah, do, media, Americans, they're all in on this guy. They're all in on Andre. And they're like, yeah, man, you know, you're talking Tank, Crawford, Andre. But when they rattle off like a dozen or half a dozen names of these top American fighters, he's always in there. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you slipping him in there for? What's he ever done? Well, you know, two time world champion, mate, come on. For me, this is this is put up or shut up. Like I, I'm, and it and it might happen. Maybe Andre can go. Listen, man, I just beat the man put in front of me. You got a problem with my opposition? Speak to me, management team. Speak to me, promoter. Okay, maybe I'm pointing the finger at the wrong person. Maybe I'm pointing at your manager to go, mate. You've you've done well to make him rich with minimal risk. Whereas now, this is not a minimal risk fight. This is not a this is not a back-endy career, Andre. Let's coast it out. Let's keep that undefeated record. Let's continue to pick up belts and pick up defenses along the way. This is a balls on the line. Right. Get beat this guy. You cash in with Canelo. And I, so I respect them. I respect Andre for taking this fight and team Andre for taking this fight. Because they could have continued to do what they've been doing. And that's circumnavigating real fights to define a paper legacy. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, that entire legacy will be cast in bronze if he beats David Benavidez and un- ultimately unlocks a fight with Canelo. I will happily buy a Demetrius Andre t-shirt. I will apologize. And I will say I got that one completely wrong, Demetrius. Boo-boo, you are the man. But I don't think I have got it wrong. And he's going to go from being a very well-protected, mm. just below world-class fighter He's going to come in against a world-class puncher and a serious opponent of David Benavidez. And I've got a feeling Demetrius Andre is going to find out at 33 years of age in his 33rd professional fight that it all, it all ain't sunshine and rainbows. Look at you, you gone full ball bower. I like yeah, it. Exactly, yeah. uh, I, th- I like it. I like Andrade against Benavidez. I like Matthias against Ugochev. I think that's a good fight. I actually think Hector Garcia comes through Lamont Roach quite comfortably, if I'm dead honest Oof. about that. Um, I just I don't know pa- about that kid. I just think Come on, Roach, mate. Um, I don't know, kid. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Kid in his second world title fight. Oh, we'll, you won't we'll want to let this one slip through his fingers. We'll find it's intriguing. Out. And I'm looking There's four forward to five real good fights on yeah, this. There is. There is. There's lots of intrigue. Like you said, even the Jamal Charlo fight, where you look at it and you think to yourself, on Pep, you should comfortably win that. We don't know yeah. where you're at. We don't know where his head's at after 30 months. So. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. And if you've got it, I don't know if uh, it's on British TV. I haven't seen a link to that as of yet. I haven't seen anybody advertising what is it. PBC? It. It'll be PBC Showtime. So if anybody uh, can point us in the right direction and we can pass that on to the Fight Disciples, that'll be something that you absolutely want to be watching. Maybe not live, staying up for it. Definitely on a Sunday morning whilst you're having your oh, cocoa yeah. pops. Uh, one thing that you will be watching live is the rematch between Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor. Woo-hoo! Undisputed at Superlight. Um, now you've you have alluded to the fact that you can see the result going the other way. 
compared to the first one well, that we saw in May. Yes. I'm I'm the other way, mate. I'm the other way. I'm gonna, I, say, I'm gonna save my final preview for next picks tomorrow. What's uh, the point I really want to get stuck in. I really want to get stuck into this what's one. The, what's the point of the show then if you're not going to talk about it? Because I don't want to talk about the fight. I'm just not going to talk about the outcome. But the fight itself, I think, is magnificently intriguing. Do wish it was down at lightweight for all of Katie's belts so Chantel could have maybe gone the other way. Yeah, I think so. Do wish it was on uh, neutral turf. Nah, fuck that, man. Give Katie home turf again. Fucking right. Uh, do I wish it was over three minute rounds? Yes, I think Amanda Serrano drew a line in the sand and said, This is the future of women's boxing. I'm disappointed that Katie hasn't followed her in, but then I also understand the fact that you know Katie has spent her entire career up to this point, uh, fighting two minute rounds. She's she, you know, maybe she's, I shouldn't say it, but she's, she's 37 years of age, she's a sprinter, not a marathon runner. Mm-hmm. And in this case, Chantel's the naturally bigger, the naturally stronger, the naturally heavy-handed fighter. So it would have made no sense for Team Katie Taylor to go to three-minute rounds. But I am disappointed because I think that was the moment when all of these type fights, all of these fights involving elite, elite women should have gone, right, we are three minutes now. But then I guess the contract, the rematch clause was probably already in the contract. The money was already probably in the contract. And it would have been renegotiating financially and everything else. So maybe just the easier to run it back over 10 twos. But yeah, I would have loved to have seen 12 threes. Mm. Um, as I look at the, this matchup, I have no questions of Katie Taylor. I know what I'm getting with Katie Taylor. I'm getting the kitchen sink, mate. I know what I'm getting. Um, my questions now come of Chantel Cameron. And maybe they're unfair questions, um, but we haven't seen her in this situation before, have we? Yes, we saw her. Uh, it was Jessica McCaskill that she beat. I'm just trying to recollect the fight, wasn't it? Uh, where yep. she became uh, 147 champ. Um, so to see her, sorry, 140 champ, and now down to, um, no, 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 now she's 140 champ, 147 champ, down to 140. I'm getting confused with the other weight divisions because Katie's 135 champ, isn't she? Right. Correct. 140. So Light welter. We, we've seen her achieve big things before, and obviously we've seen her beat Katie Taylor before, all right? Where's she at in her mind? This is, a, this is the only question I've got. It, this is it. Did she... Did she put it, the, the first time you're doing it, when you're taking on a legend, when you're going away from home, when you're getting the opportunity to achieve something, you, you, you're, you're the hunter. You're the hunter, aren't you? you? You've got that different type of mentality of being able to Chip get to the shoulder. top of the tree. Yeah, of course. And everybody's saying, well, you know, Katie Taylor's going to win this, isn't she? But you go in there, you upset the apple cart, you as the underdog go in there and win. That's a different type of mentality in the preparation for it and obviously the delivery of it on the night. That's my only question. How's that affected Chantel Cameron? If it hasn't affected her, if it's taken her to the next level, I can only see this fight going the exact same way that we saw in May. But if it has affected her, if she's got a little bit soft, if she's cut a, little, a few corners, if she's, you know, done, you know, she thinks that she's this, that, and the other, then Katie Taylor's well and truly in this fight, even at this stage of her career. I can't see the former happening because of the camp that she's in. Jamie Moore won't let it happen. Nigel Travis won't let it happen. Her teammates in that gym won't let it happen. The likes of the Jack Catterall's of this world, they ain't going to let that happen. And from speaking to Chantel Cameron on the limited amount of times that I've spoken to her, I don't think she's that type of kid, man. I think she's here for serious legacy and rubber stamping things. And I think that she might have even doubled down in training camp to really take this to the next level to make a bit of a statement this time around. Listen, you ain't going to find many more people 
in the world than bigger fans than us on Fight Disciples. I'm sure everybody listening to this is a huge Katie Taylor fan. This girl took this sport, female side of the sport, to brand spanking new levels. But there's always a passing of the torch, isn't there? There's always a moment where somebody else comes along, younger, fresher, bigger, stronger, better, the next generation, to be able to take it up a gear. And I just think that that's what this is. I think Chantel Cameron is that next gen. I think I think it's going the exact same way um, as we saw in May. I think it'll be super competitive. Katie's Katie. She's going to throw the kitchen sink at it. You're not going to be sat there thinking, oh, it's not the same anymore. It's going to be high energy, noisy as fuck. She's going all in like a Tasmanian devil, man. And I just think Chantel will be able to navigate it again. If you remember the fight back, Chantel pissed the first half of the fight. And then Katie woke up and she came alive and she fought her way back into it. Now, maybe that was because uh, finally the adrenaline kicked in and, and and the energy level started started struggling a little bit with Chantel, just as Katie managed to go, wait a minute, fucking hell, I better put my foot down here. I'm, I'm losing this fight. But I, I believe that Katie Taylor, that ended the fight in May, will start the fight this time around. Maybe. Because she knows she's got to be a different different frame of mind completely. I don't know what the plan is for Saturday night. But here's some free advice for Matchroom and, and, and Eddie and everybody at that team that desperately need advice from me, obviously. What I would do in this one is, because all I remember from May was, yes, Chantel Cameron was outstanding. Yes, she deservedly got a points decision, even though it was a majority decision. Should have been a unanimous. She clearly wins that fight. But my long-lasting memory was this 20-minute ring walk from Katie Taylor, this OTT presentation mm. of She's Home, Let's all celebrate. And Katie has the challenger walking second and making Chantel wait inside that ring. I think what that did is that galvanized Chantel Cameron. That got Jamie Moore and the chance to fucking get in her head and go, look what she's doing to you. She's trying to bat and just focus her. What I would do this time around, and they probably won't, because again, it's the Katie Taylor show. And, and I understand why. But I would flip it, man. I would do it properly. I would go, right, Chantel, you're walking second. Katie, you're walking Is that first. not what they're doing? I would imagine that that's what they're doing. She's the champ. Mate, they didn't do it last time, so why would they do it this time? Hmm. I'm pretty certain Katie Taylor will walk second because this is the Katie Taylor show and it's Ireland. But I think Matchroom should say to Katie, you know what? Fuck all the fireworks. Fuck Be the all challenger. We'll play some tunes. We'll walk you out. We'll get you in the ring. We'll drop the lights. We'll bring down Chantel. Because the place will go mental for Katie coming out. The place will be bouncing. Everyone will be like, yeah, she is. She's back. She's going to do it. Ah! And then when Chantal comes out, the energy will be so high that they'll turn on Chantal Cameron. I'm not saying it will affect Chantal Cameron, but I just think it will give Katie more time to absorb that love, that energy from the Irish crowd. And be like, yeah, you know, that old fucking one goes to war, we all go to war. And by the time Chantel gets in the ring, Katie Taylor's going to be six feet tall. She's going to be snarling. She's going to be fucking chewing nails and everything. She's going to be ready. And that's not to say she won't be ready anyway. If someone Katie Taylor who's got more experience than most world champions, regardless of sex and weight division, from her amateur days right through to where she is now. She's been a superstar since she was a fucking junior. And she's had that her entire life and she's handled it and coped with it her entire life. She's used to the big occasion. Last time around, it just took her. It, the, for me, the, weirdly, the occasion last time 
I don't know whether it impacted it. I just think walking second, it just slowed her down, slowed Katie down. Where Chantel was like, get in that fucking ring, I'm going to rip your head off. Do you know what I mean? I just think, flip that, flip it the other way around. Make it, make it what it is. Katie is the challenger. Make the challenger wait for the champion. Give it a moment to get focused. That's what I would do. That's what I would personally do. I would get rid of all the nonsense and just get Katie where Katie wants to be. In that ring with the crowd behind her going, right, I'm going to show you, kid. This is my ring. This is my city. This is my country. And you ain't repeating what you did last time. And you're getting the very, very best version of Katie Taylor. The million-dollar question for me is not, I'm not even thinking about Chantel Cameron. Because for me, Chantel Cameron's going to be even better than she was in May. I'm convinced of it. Every single time you see an interview with a former GB, former England boxer, whether it's male or female, and they ask about Chantel Cameron, and they ask about the mentality, they all say the same thing. It's not a line spun by one of her sparring partners or one of her mates. Clearly, it's who she is. Every single person who was in camp with her, went GB, went to competitions with her, boxed internationally, says the same thing. Chantel Cameron would be begging for the world number one in a, in a first round draw. She would be begging to get the, oh my God, yes, the Olympic champions on my side of the draw. Yes. Whereas most would be like, right, fingers crossed they get the Indian and then the Fijian and then, you know, and then the, and the, the number one seed, hopefully on the other side of the draw. Everyone says she was the opposite. She's like, yes, I've got the number one seed first. Yes, I can make a statement. She lives for this shit. So I've got no qualms about Chantel Cameron. The best version of Chantel Cameron we've ever seen will box in Dublin on Saturday night. Can Katie Taylor turn back the clock and produce vintage Katie Taylor? If she can, she beats anybody. Katie can beat anybody. But can she do it at 37 years of age? That's my only question. Can she do it at 37? If she can do it, she's going to do it here in a revenge mission in front of the Irish people. This is where she's going to do it. And what a way to finish a Hall of Fame career to become a two-weight unified world champion in a revenge mission in front of the Irish people. What a fucking perfect cinematic Hollywood script ending to one of the greatest careers in modern day boxing. It would be. Ooh, I'll tell you what, man. You should do the promo for Matchroom this weekend. You've gone for it, haven't you? I can't wait. Honestly, uh, I cannot good. wait. No, it's going to be good. Atmosphere is going to be amazing. Two evenly matched, fantastic athletes. Pe proper poster girls for for the sport. People that you want your kids to look up to. Pair of them. Absolutely yeah. sensational. Um, it's going to be something. It's going to be something. That's your main event uh, Saturday night in Dublin. I'm sure all your eyes and attention will be on that. And if it's not, what are you playing at? Come on. Get it sorted. Um, also on this card, you've got Sky Nicholson taking on Lisa Wildheart. I'm going to be dead honest about Lucy. this guy. What did I say? Lucy. Did I say Lisa? Lisa. Sorry, Lucy. Lucy, yeah. <laughs> Lucy Wildheart. I, um, I'm, I'm still waiting for that Sky Nicholson moment. I'm still waiting for it. I know that, listen, this is this is maybe last time out. I've got a ball on this. Yes, yeah, listen, it's very good. She only loses to the top girls. There's uh, there's wild heart. This this is the this outside is the of her weight division as well. She's had two. She's yeah. lost to two of the top girls at lightweight. This is at well a featherweight in natural weight division. The um, sky obviously was uh, in the fight against Sabrina Perez, and obviously we all know what happened at the end of the, that, that fight with Sabrina Perez, uh, and our thoughts are still with her and and her family. 
Um, and she was good that night, Sky. She was good. Obviously, the the accolade of the performance was rightly outshone by what Outshot. happened. Um, yeah. In the aftermath of the fight, I'm I just I'm just waiting for it to click. I think she's still got that amateur style that she's brought into the professional game. It's still a bit point scorey. And it's pretty, don't get me wrong, it's pretty, it's clean. She's not getting tagged. And that's the art of the game, isn't it? It's, the game is to hit and not get hit. But from an entertainment point of view, it can get a bit samey as you're watching mm-hmm. it through two and three rounds. You think, right, she's going to do this for the next five rounds. Okay, I'll, I'll go make myself a brew. I need to see her put a foot down. I need to see her dig her toes in. I need to see her crack somebody and put them over, man. That's what I need to see in order to fully get on the Sky Nicholson train. Right now, it's pretty, it's effective. You can't really complain because it's hit and don't get hit, and that's what she's doing. But from an entertainment point of view, I just need it to go up a touch. Yeah, as you say, she's still she's still got a very amateur style at the moment. But, you know, one thing you need for your growth is experience. And to be fair to Sky, you know, she's fought on pretty much every continent now. Like she doesn't have travel, you know what I mean? She's got some fuck. She must have some fucking stamps in that passport of hers, because she boxes anywhere and everywhere, and that's good experience for her. It's great experience for her. So, and I think this is, a, you know what? I, I think this is a good test. As I say, Wild Art's got a couple of losses, but they've got lightweight. She's a natural featherweight, and I'm sure at one stage Wild Art trained at the matchroom, the matchroom gym as well. So there's a little bit of conflict here as well. So that's it's going to be listen. Uh, this is the first fight, with all due respect, with Sky Nicholson. I'm like, okay, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Because even though Wildheart is limited, she's back where she belongs. This this could be an even match. It could be a decent little scrap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Cully's back after uh, defeat. First time. I mean, the train on Gary Cully was hot, wasn't it? There was a lot of hype. There was a lot of chat about where Gary Cully that, that could. That train is still chugging, man. That train is still moving, seriously. Yeah. It's but... no shame in losing in this game. Well, hang on a minute. Let me finish. This, this is a big test because he ain't, he ain't experienced that, what he experienced in May. He got chinned. He got knocked out. He got yeah. stopped in a fight that he wasn't, yeah. that was not supposed to happen. He was supposed to keep the train rolling and it didn't materialize. Like you say, this is boxing. There is no shame in getting beat. But now we, we find out something different about Gary Cully at the weekend. We find out what you're all about. I think Reese Mould, with all due respect, is a very winnable fight. For Gary Cully. Reese Mould has been there, done it, got the t-shirt. He's fallen short at uh, the top levels. I think uh, it was Lee Wood, wasn't it, that stopped him uh, within the nine rounds? Level. Yeah, that's that, that, level, yeah. Mate, that, that is the top level. Of course it is. Um, but he can cause problems because he can box and Gary Cully will have to be clever and he'll have to figure it out. It'll be interesting to see how that first round is. Are the demons or yeah. the ghosts there, or is he just Absolutely. put it to bed? When someone gets knocked out as badly as he got knocked out and, and, and beaten like he was beaten earlier this year, there's going to be a little bit of psychological damage. Let's see what Gary Cully's all about. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does bounce back. Yeah, me too, for those exact reasons. I think it's a real good bit of matchmaking. I think Reese Mould is in a good place right now, and he will come into this fight incredibly confident. As you say, when, when the only loss in 19 fights is against Lee Wood, you know, probably the best featherweight on the planet these days, even though he's moving up, but you know what I mean? I know that fight was down at British title level, but that win over Lee Mould was what catapulted, uh, Reese Mould was what catapulted Lee Wood to do the things that he's done. So that's where Reese Mould will get his confidence from. Well, I was 
I was okay. I got stopped by that guy. I went nine rounds of him. There was rounds in there I felt like I won. There was rounds in there where I learned things. I've come away. I put it all together. I've won what four or five on the spin since then as well. And now you give me the opportunity against the guy in Ireland that made that made a lot of noise, but in my mind, got exposed last time out for being mm. quite ragged and being quite open sometimes. Sound man, give me the chance to put a fucking bit of leather on his chin. And I think that's what Reese Mold will do. I think first two or three rounds, mm. roll mold has got to get close enough to Gary Cully to clip him on the chin and just to go, where are those demons, Mr. Cully? You know, are you are you still carrying that in? Because he will be. You know, he can he'll say all the right things, Gary Cully, because he's a wonderful little promoter. He knows how to sell himself. He's he's a dream. And you would look at him and go, he will go on and achieve a lot of things in this sport of boxing. But right now, he's probably in a very sensitive place. He's teetered on Mate, the edge. It reminds if me a little bit. can ask the right questions, fantastic. It's it's a bit like what we were talking about before, about Benavides and Charlo. Ben, jump on him. You know, we don't know where you're at in your head. Go for it. Six to nine minutes, roll the dice and see what what can happen. So I'm not I'm not saying Reese Mold should blow himself out. No, because he's he isn't a puncher. Pressure he on Gary Cully power. Yeah, yeah. To clip him on the chin, put the pressure on him to make him go backwards. Let's see if Gary Cully unravels as soon as he gets hit. Mm. I don't think he will. He doesn't seem to be that type of kid. And again, we should never knock somebody for losing a fight early Correct. in their career. I've got no issue with that whatsoever. In I'm fact, I'm excited to see Gary Cully's return. I'm excited to see the comeback. But all credit to Tom Dallas, all credit to the matchmakers. Reese Mould, mate, um, good bit of matchmaking. It's a good fight. It's a good 10-rounder. Uh, Zelfa Barrett's on this. I think he's proven uh, what level he's at. Obviously, he fell short against uh, Rakimov. But he had a good go, man. He had a real good go. Um, and he just came up short. He's had a couple of uh, bounce backs, hasn't he? I think this, on paper, looks quite a straightforward knock for, for Zelfa Barrett, if I'm dead honest. And fingers crossed they can get him back into uh, that world title mix sometime soon. Because I thought when he stepped up, late notice, got his opportunity uh, against uh, Shavkat Rakimov. Not the same dude that he talks about in uh, the world of M MMA. Uh, I thought he was uh, unlucky. He put in a wonderful performance and then just got clipped, didn't he? Maybe a bit of greed in there or something as he was getting a bit, uh, a bit, bit of confidence. And I'm sure he'll learn tons from that. And he can definitely operate at the world level as he's proven. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, the Paddy Donovan fight. I like Paddy Donovan. Obviously, people that are aware who Paddy Donovan is for a long time. He was a very high-level junior. Uh, surely won Wales gold or Wales silver as a junior. And, you know, he's turned pro now. Uh, only 11 fights into his career, but looks the part. Fights really well. Got good balance, good punch. Can he He's got heavy hands. He's in with opponent here, Danny Ball from Birmingham, from the Midlands, that I think is, the, is a good opponent for him. Ball's quite tall and rangy, which means there's a lot of uh, torso real estate there for Paddy Donovan to look good against. But he's still only 13 and one. He's only lost one in, in 15 fights or 14 fights as Danny Ball. Uh, okay, that was against Echo Esserman at British title level. I would suggest Paddy Donovan has maybe got a little bit more talent than that. So I think he might come unstuck here. But Ball's had a couple of wins since, albeit against Journeyman. He's knocked a few people over. So he'll turn up in Ireland. As the more experienced fighter, as the guy that's got a bit more miles on the clock and someone that's with a few knockouts will fancy it. But I think the fact that Ball will come and fancy it and let his hands go will open opportunities for, for Paddy Donovan. I think Paddy Donovan is the kid on the undercard here that makes the gets the vinyl moments, makes the statements. I'm going for a body shot. 
finish. Woo! Uh, yeah, and I think he, I think he's going places, Paddy Donovan. I like him. Boxing's ticking nicely at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Again, I, I don't want to vilify anybody for Friday night. A replacement main event. It is. It is what is it Friday yeah, night? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday night. The, 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 the show at your call. The show yeah. at your call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. You've lost your main event. I'm not going to kick you when you're down. I'm still. I'm still thriving off Manchester, Frank. So you're all good. I'm not. But the action's in Dublin. <laughs> 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 the real action this weekend is in Dublin. And then in the middle of the night from Las Vegas, the Las Vegas card has five real interesting 10, 12 round fights on there in Dublin. There's some exciting little stuff on the undercard, but the main events, 12 rounds, 10 rounds, sorry. Can Katie Taylor end her career on a high? Can she do it against the only woman to beat her inside a professional boxing ring? Mm. Come on, man. This Mate, is well. really pale stuff. Yeah, and as well as that, then you kick on into the the next month with Regis against Haney. Mate, it's good. Like the next couple of weeks, they've had yeah. some good back-to-back weekends in the world of boxing, um, finishing the year strong. And don't forget, you finish the year with a bit of Prosecco as well on uh, yes. on, on December the 23rd. Can't which wait. Sure love me people. some Prosecco. Yeah, love myself some Prosecco as well. Um, there you go, man. Action packed. Ireland will be uh, taking your attention. But if you can, if you're a fight disciple out there that is uh, savvy enough to point us in the right direction of how we can watch uh, Andre and Benavides, because I've not seen um, uh, a British link for that. Um, I might be completely wrong. I might, it might have just gone past me. Um, but if you do know where we can watch that, because I would absolutely love to watch Matthias against uh, Ergashev, I think that's going to just be fire. Uh, do get in contact with us uh, via social media. Uh, you can follow us across all social medias. Uh, we're all over that. There's loads of little bits going up uh, here, there, and everywhere across Instagram uh, and X, as we've now got to refer to it as. But ideally, we would love you to follow us uh, on YouTube where you can consume this podcast and much of our other content as well. Fight Disciples on our YouTube channel is what you are looking for. Uh, you can also get audio feeds for the stuff that we create. Uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com. As I said, there is no MMA show, preview show this week anyway. Uh, So what we will do uh, within the next 48 hours, we will make an audio version of our sit-down with Tom and Andy Aspinall available for you so you can consume that as your MMA offering this week. We'll be back on Monday to give you a full review of the weekend's action. And of course, then we'll be building up towards Regis versus Haney next week, which could be an absolute cracker. Fight of the year contender, maybe. Who knows, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.